1: Lou, no post game show. <laughs> uh, the Warriors will not be playing the Denver Nuggets on the 30th. And
2: it's kind of weird. The game canceled. Draymond Green not too happy. Not <laughs> Postponed. The Warriors are going to end the, the calendar year with a loss. I mean, my God, Sam, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> we we're about to complain about Kelly Ubrey some more, right? <laughs> Damn! I, can you believe that the beginning of this year? We're gonna do a bit of a New Year's kind of a, a resolution here, kind of cap off the year. Can you believe we, we walked into this year, twenty twenty one? Ah, man, the angst that we had every podcast, and then we end the year, Sam. We end the year tonight on the thirtieth, and and uh, as happy as anybody can be, the Warriors are first in the West. And uh, even with this game being postponed, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA. I mean, it just it doesn't get any better than this. And uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk about. Uh, what well, we want to see from the Warriors going forward. But Draymond tonight, I think, is the story, right? Draymond, like you just said, Draymond was in protocols, but it doesn't seem like he's sick. It seems like he's fine.
1: I think it's now abundantly clear his is symptomatic. So I'm <laughs> going to read his tweet to you from Money23 Green. How do you continue to cancel games when you've implemented rules to prevent this from happening? Is that not a competitive advantage for other teams? The guys we didn't have due to the protocol list played no role in Tuesday's loss. Pick a side, but don't straddle the fence.
2: I can't disagree with him uh, in that if I were him, I would be frustrated. If I were the Warriors, I would be frustrated. Tonight was a game that the Warriors going to win, probably going away, right? Yeah. Uh, after what happened uh, the other game, where the Warriors didn't lose because they were missing guys. Let's be clear. The Warriors lost because they play like shit. The Nuggets are missing, guys, too, regardless of what happened the other night. But I think the frustration then that we hear after the fact that the Nuggets pretty much chose not to play tonight. It wasn't that the players that – it wasn't that they were sent into COVID protocols last second, right? They were actually questionable to play with injuries. And then Mike Malone kind of just said, eh, you know what? We're just going to po- postpone this game until we're healthier, right? And I can't blame the Nuggets for doing that. But if you're Draymond, I mean, you got to be pissed. Yeah, I think –
1: I think the overarching thing with the NBA and I don't really want to get into COVID protocols too much because like you, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It's the inconsistency that I think players are having an issue with where it's like, you know, in the NFL, they have a very clear directive with how players are in and out of protocols with the end NBA, it seems to change every game. And I think that's what's drawing players pretty frustrating. Like, did the Nuggets maybe just use an excuse to like not have to play a full game today? I don't know. Maybe I would do that too. But like it it seems to me that they're the the frustration starts with the fact that the, the protocols have changed five times over. And, you know, for like guys as competitive as Draymond, I don't think they really care what the rules are. I think they care about the rules being the same the whole way through, right? Like he's, he,
2: that's basically the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea what they are. Like I couldn't, we don't know what, what you have to do to get put in the protocols. Now it's gone from 10 days to five days. Um, apparently if you get two negatives within 24 hours, you get out of it. But I didn't know that, um, cause they don't really say anything about, it. like, there's just
1: no, wasn't the clarity. case a week ago. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. They kind of keep changing the rules. So look, man, a- a- end of the day, I think the NBA is trying the best they can to get these guys on the floor. But in situations like these, someone brought this up on, on, uh, in my mentions today about the Warriors played the last stretch of last season with seven guys, eight guys every night. Right. And, and I think that was one of those things where fair, unfair is not really the point, but it's just like sometimes. NDs, using, and and by huh? the way, part of the
1: reason the Warriors were down to seven to eight guys was they had guys like Smiley each who were on the roster, but
2: unplayable. Right. Wow. So. Just a shout out to all Smiley bags uh, back there. <laughs> I just it, it's yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough uh Draymond I mean Draymond wouldn't have played tonight anyway but I think they we all knew that the Warriors were probably going to win by 20 tonight would have been a happy green room but um but it, it it is what it is I think his point that the NBA is consistent we seem to hear that a lot from a lot of players Sam you tweeted about kind of the other leagues not really having that or as much of an outrage right let's look at the NFL I, I know some players are mad um but it's not the, to the amount that, you know, Baker Mayfield is pissed, but who's Baker Mayfield? Well, the NBA, it's like LeBron's not happy, KD, Draymond, like these guys are superstars that don't seem happy with the way that things are being run. So it is interesting that the NBA is seeing a little bit more pushback um, than, than what other leagues are.
1: Yeah, and not much else to say about this. Like, again, Andy Lou only has a PhD. He's not a full-fledged doctor. <sighs> Uh, I'm not a doctor. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't really care to opine too much on this. Like you guys don't listen to this pod for Andy and my medical takes. The only thing I can like comment about is it, it feels like the lack of consistency is starting to catch up to players. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens in the new year.
2: Hopefully they'll get stuff figured out.
1: Yeah. All right. With that said, the Warriors officially are done with basketball in 2021. Uh, first half of 2021 was rough. <laughs> Who can forget the Brad Wanamaker era, the uh, the Calhubra era, all that stuff? But, like, in considering the 2021 2022 season, I would say the first half of the season could not have gone any better for this team. They're going to end what 27 and seven. Is that correct? Yep, yep. I don't think Andy, you're more optimistic than you. Did you see them being this good? No, I mean
2: actually, if we're talking about preseason projections, you had them higher than me. Remember that? I, people can go back to the podcast. People always think I'm more optimistic about this team. I think I had us. I had the Warriors as a four or five seed. You had them maybe in the three seed. You had the Lakers below the Warriors. But, you look like a fucking genius, Prescient, as always with that <laughs> take. So. It just this is one of those things where I think I did not think the Warriors would find the joy and the fire that they had that would make them special in 2014 again, and they did. They do,
1: and and I feel like if there's anything we want to talk about for the first 34 games of the season, not quite all the way through, but like October through New Year's Eve, so the first you know 40 percent of the season, I think that's the overwhelming take, joy, right? Like they. It's corny, but they look like the Warriors that we all fell
2: in love with and the Warriors that kind of made them a global brand, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, GP2 is kind of like this version of I don't know, Sean Livingston slash Andre Godala, you can say most baits, they've got that kind of guy where he's just fun off the bench, shooter. Like they got auto. they've they've got that kind of guy in auto. Exactly, right? Auto's better, or like the belly a little bit, maybe even more belly, but like they've just got well, JTA. Is kind of like that energy guy that people love, like Leandro Barbosa, in terms of mindset mentality. Not the same type of player, but like in terms of that. And Leandro Barbosa, they got that type of player in Jordan Poole. So it's like they and, and I mean Steve Kerr is ecstatic. They have he has thirteen guys that he can play. Chris Joes a place for no reason. You know Steve loves that. So it's like we get all <laughs> we get all the stuff we get to get mad about. But overall, like the Warriors are back to who they were. The best part, I think, is is that I would say the best is still yet to come uh, because. You know, that to, to this today would have been the last game of the season, but we saw footage of Clay scrimmaging. And I think that's really what the end of 2021 brings to us is that the best is still to come. Yeah, the
1: the Warriors have given us the belief that they're back, and we haven't even seen Clay Thompson. That's really like we we can microanalyze, like, oh man, how are they gonna counter Kyrie? and Harden and and KD all at the same time and all this stuff. But, like, you know, and I'm just using the Nets as a, a specific example. But, like, as a Warrior fan, it's hard not to be optimistic because until you see Klay Thompson play, until you see him not look like Klay Thompson and, like, be a problem, like, you're playing with house money. This is the team with the best record in the NBA, and they don't even have their, quote, unquote, second best player right now.
2: Yeah. Um, the Brooklyn Nets can make an argument where it's like, hey, they haven't had Kyrie all season. But like, who knows where that's going to go? At least with the Warriors, you know, at least with the Warriors, you know, Kyrie
1: I mean, might be like running for the president of Bolivia by the playoffs. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, he
2: so. looks by the way, he looks skinnier every time I see him. I don't know how much skinnier <laughs> he can get, but like it just the guy's like a skeleton. I'm sure he'll be fine. Hopefully, uh, Kyrie. But I know the. It's just everything that you hear about Clay is so optimistic, which is why a year ago, you and I were sitting here talking about, you know, maybe the Warriors, maybe Clay isn't going to come back like the same guy. But now it's like, damn, like we'd be surprised if he doesn't come back kind of 80 percent of the player that he was before. That's the crazy part with this team. We were going to take 27 and 7. If this team was 21 and 13, I think would we be. We maybe we wouldn't be happy, but we would be like, okay. oh, I'd be
1: thrilled. I'd be thrilled. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll, let's take this. So they're <laughs> 27 and seven. So you're talking mm-hmm. about chopping seven wins off. So they're sorry, six wins, six six wins, yeah. So just- 21. Yeah, right. 21 and 13. Yeah, I would call that a massive W in terms of our preseason projections. By the way, just so we're clear, 21 and 13 would have them as four or five range. The yep. four seed in the NBA, they'd be tied with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. So the Suns and the Jazz would have the better record, and it'd be the Warriors and the Grizzlies sitting right there.
2: I think actually tied for the third because who, who's the Warriors are out, so actually tied for the third. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All,
1: thing, all things all yeah. things considered, I think everything's working in the Warriors' favor right now. And like now, it's time to really discuss what they need to do going forward, because now we know they're good. Now we know they're in the conversation. And now it's, it's no longer about being relevant. It's about how do we rate them versus
2: like the top five or six teams. And we were never even thinking of that coming into the season. We were like,
0: Oh, you know, yeah.
2: the, get yourself at the table. We weren't like yeah. thinking about beyond that. And that's what everybody was thinking about with this team. And that goes for, I think we talk about specifically specific players. Andrew Wiggins, after the first week, has been amazing. He's come back from COVID, looked a little rusty, but still looks good. Gary Payton, too. Incredible. Who who would have thought, right? Draymond Green is back to who he was five years ago. Did not think that was coming. Steph Curry, another surprise. He's actually not shooting very well. <laughs> so it's like the Warriors Relative are doing all this with standards. Yeah, a dude shooting 39, actually, a week away from our last podcast now. He's still shooting 39 point something 30, percent. So it's like 6%. Oh my God, disgusting, disgusting stuff. So it's like all of that. And you're sitting here and you're just like, man, 27 and seven with Clay still to come back. So, yeah.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Let's let's do some new year's resolutions going forward. So, like, I, I feel like the easiest way to end this year is all right, the Warriors are 27 and 7, they're tied for the one seed with the Suns. They are they have the best record in the NBA. What are your resolutions? Give me like two to three things you want to see from the Warriors going into yep. 2022.
2: Well, well, let's go back and forth. I'll start with one. Um, The first one kind of like, we'll just go like number two or number three on the list is I want to see Jordan Poole's improvement. I want to see what 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 can he get better at doing in terms of shot selection? Um, Is he going to actually my thing with Jordan Poole, which I kind of don't understand is. Is he a great shooter or is he just an okay shooter, right? Or is he kind of in between that? I, I don't think we know. Like, is he a knockdown wide open guy? Because if he is, if he's 40% when he's wide open, that's incredible. But he's missed a lot of open shots beginning of the season. Um, so I want to see how he does in terms of shooting, uh, improving on that. And the decision-making, he's gotten so much better decision-making-wise. Um, and he's going to be the guy as the second unit uh, floor guy now, right? Right, Along with Andre Godala. So I want to see what he looks like with, with that, with James Wiseman, fingers crossed whenever he comes back. So that's number one for me. Or number three.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to go with uh, Jordan Poole also because I think he's the key Ooh. to the team being better. But tying into that, if we're honest, he's probably the second best player on this roster in terms of breaking off a defender off the bounce uh, behind Seth Curry, of course. And I think that matters more and more in the playoffs. So, like, New Year's resolution, I want to see Jordan Poole grow from there. That's uh, so literally where it is. Now, taking it in a different direction... New Year's resolution, I want to see Draymond Green continue to grow offensively. That's my other New Year's resolution for this team. I think this is – I think Draymond's having a bounce-back season defensively. There's no other way around that. He's been phenomenal. He looks reborn. He – I don't even, I can go with superlatives on him. He's been- amazing. Shooting's
2: the highest he's ever been from the field, by the way, 55% from the field. He's never shot that high. He's a 40%, 44% from the field type of guy.
1: I want to see Draymond lock into this because I think that will legitimately decide how real this Warriors team is.
2: Yeah, um, 29% from three. So still still pretty bad um, from three, but we'll, we'll see uh, it get better. Um, for me, uh, the the biggest, most important thing is do they have a consistent crunch time offense? Do they have specific pet plays that they can go to? Can they figure out what they can do when Steph Curry calls for a pick and roll in crunch time and they double him and, double him and take him out of the play? Because right now it's working. It is consistently working in crunch time. And that's something I want to see them fix. Is it going to be Clay Thompson? Most likely, right? Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, which one of those guys plays in crunch time? I would like to see as the, as the schedule gets tougher here for the next few months, them figure out what their actual crunch time lineup and offense actually is. Um, is Steve Kerr going to change his ways? Is he just going to go defense only? Is he going to close with Igodala? Is he going to close with Looney? Is he going to say, yeah, Otto and Jordan pool, you guys are good offensively, but we can't play with you guys defensively. I'm going to rely on the old heads. If that's the case then Steph has no space. Right, especially in crunch time. It's just, hey, pray he makes a 30-foot step-back three. So it's like, what do they do there to figure that out? And I'd like to see them – I don't know what it is, Sam. That's why I'm not Steve Kerr. I'd like to see them do something different than what they're doing today.
1: New Year's resolution, Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> Tying into this. So Kaminga's last game was kind of the rookie nightmare game, right? He can't make a free throw. He just – all the – to me – that last game made me like him more because he could not have had more things go wrong for him between missing layups and foul free throws and all that stuff. And he fought through it. Like to me, that showed me, Oh, he's a mentally tough guy. Like he, he has potential to be a very, very special player. So for me, New Year's resolution, I want to see, where Jonathan Kamingo lands, because I think he has the potential to be a very, very special player. And I don't just mean a three and D guy. I mean, like a centerpiece guy going forward. And I want to see what that looks like, because I watched him in our last warrior game before the all-star break or sorry, all-star break. Wow. That's awful. Um, Before the um, nice for uh, the COVID break. That's <laughs> a better way to put it. Uh, kind of have a nightmare time with with fouls, with all that stuff. And it didn't bother him. He kept playing through it. And that told me, that's a tough guy. I want to see more from, like, that made me very excited to see what else we can have.
2: Okay. Thank you, Sam uh, Kawakami. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, by the way, Tim Kawakami on our last podcast. Incredible. Yeah, check Friend it out. Of Friend of the show. Uh, official friend of the show. All right, I got one more. I got one more New Year's resolution. You finish off with, with one more too. Um, I got one more for this team. I think their defense is going to be good enough, but I changed my Twitter name from Shohei Otani's stand account to this. Sam. Um, I think Gary Payton needs as many minutes as he can handle uh, in the next six months. And we're not just talking about regular season. We're talking about postseason. One of the things that I think that's shown to me this this first half is, Gary Payton came in and kind of blew the league apart and just like, nobody knew who he was. So his def- defensive style, his cutting to the rim, all that was effective. It's kind of like the first punch, right? You get your first knockout. The guy goes down. But what, what GP2 has done after the league has adjusted to him is shoot the three better. Like now he's a three point shooter. And he's still so great defensively that I don't think guys are ever going to be able to score on him. So now he's not only become a great cutter, a great defensive player. He's also a catch and shoot guy that's shooting a decent percentage from the field. We're talking about 40% from the field. And if he can keep that up, I need him to play 25 minutes at least a game. I think he becomes a game changer for this team. Uh, Sixth man, seventh man, something like that. Even more so than someone like Kaminga. I I get your point on Kaminga. I think he can be a centerpiece player too, but I think he's years away. GP2 has the feel, the instinct, and the polish to be that player right now, for this team right now. So I would like, in terms of resolutions, for them to play him 20-plus minutes, 20, 25 minutes a game, because I just think he's that good. He's just that good for this team. I can go with that. I can go with that. New Year's resolution, the Light
1: Years podcast, New Year's resolution, more GP2. Let's end it there. We're going to end it there. This is going to be a mini pod. We're going to be done for the year. We will see you next year. In other words, in two days. (laughs) Um, We're going to end it there. More GP2 in the new year. We appreciate everyone. Have a safe New Year's Eve. See you on the other side.